Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoy today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. How many of you are on Instagram? Not, not right now, if you are, get off. But actually, how many of you, have, you use Instagram? You have an Instagram account, okay? Most of you that are listening to my voice. Now, now I've made a list of all the things that I love about Instagram, and here it is. I'm going to put it on the screen. You can read all of them there. See, the problem with Instagram is it causes me to realize that I don't have the right shoes. I don't have the right shirt. I really don't even have the right look. I mean, your kids look happy all the time. Your vacation, it just looks better than my vacation. But on a positive side, the good thing about Instagram is that it reminds you and it reminds me there's no win in comparison. Now, we're in a conversation, a message series that we're calling unclean. How to say no to the emotions that compete for control, that are competing for control of you. And we've been talking about the heart. What's in your heart? What's inside of you? What's, what's deep inside of you? What's going on in your heart? And there are emotions that are competing inside of you, inside of your heart. They're competing for control of your life. In part one, we, we said, hey, it comes from within. Last week, we talked about guilt, and we said, my past will remind me, it will not define me. And the basis of this entire conversation is a conversation Jesus had with these religious leaders. And a guy named Matthew was an eyewitness, and he recorded the conversation in his gospel called the Gospel of Matthew, and it's in Matthew chapter 15. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus says, hey, don't you see? that everything that enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body. And again, this is one of those, like, is this really in the Bible? Is Jesus really using, like, bathroom humor? I get it. You eat it, it goes into the stomach, it comes out. I see that every day. But here's the point Jesus is making. Verse 18, he said, the things that come out of a person's mouth, he says, they come from the heart. They originate from within, from inside of you, from inside of me, from the heart, from the core. He says, these are the things that make someone unclean. And again, now, this word unclean, it, it means to defile. It, it puts it odds with you with others. It puts it you at odds with God. These are things that defile you are unclean. They break, they destroy relationships. And, and what Jesus is getting at in this conversation, he says, hey, it, it's really about your heart. It's about my heart. It's what's inside of you. And your heart it's showing. Your heart is leaking. It's spilling out. The overflow of your heart is showing and leaking on all the people around you. And your behavior and your actions, they actually begin, they originate in your heart. And the people closest to you are experiencing the overflow of your heart every single day. 
Jesus says, evil thoughts come out of a person's hearts. Well, what kind of thought? Thoughts of murder and adultery and sexual sin. And so do stealing and false witness and telling lies about others and greed and anger and deceit and immorality and theft and arrogance and bad judgment. These originate, these come out of the heart. Those are the things, these things that come out, those are the things that make you unclean, that defile you, that separate, that break and put you at odds with God and others. And Jesus says, hey, following me has never been about behavior modification, cleaning up the outside, looking good on the outside. You may have experienced that in some church, or maybe some Christians would have you believe that. And even as kids, and really adults, we're taught and we're expected to monitor our behavior. When you go to school, right, sit down, be quiet, don't talk. When you're at work, when you're home, you got to monitor your behavior. But Jesus says, that will only get you so far. True followership, to really follow me. What, is, what it's about, what following Jesus is really about is transformation. It's changing, it's transforming. And it's transforming from the inside out, from the heart, from the core out, not out in, inside out. In fact, Proverbs 4, 3, the writer says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Everything. Everything flows from it. And here's what we know about guarding your heart. Guarding our heart, it involves cleaning toxins out as well as keeping them out. There's a clean out that needs to happen. There's also a keep out. There's there's an offensive and a defensive move. We dare not allow the destructive forces lurking within us to seize control. Instead, we've got to go after these things. And and the encouragement of this series is to own it, to face it, and to deal with it. Now, today, we're, we're going to talk about this ugly, 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 ugly word, envy. I mean, this could be the ugliest thing in human nature. I mean, this is so ugly within me. I I don't see any bright side. I don't see any upside. In fact, you know what I hate about me? You know when someone fails or someone makes a mistake, that many times my initial emotion is, oh yeah, they got what was coming to them. And that's just horrible. It's terrible. And, And I hate this about me. I mean, imagine if that is in control of your heart, how ugly and destructive it leads to ruin. It ruins relationships. I mean, I mean, what does envy do? It, it leaves us competing with people that don't even know there's a competition. It, it makes us feel arrogant because we're winning or, or, it, or it leaves us depressed and feeling discouraged because we're not. Envy, jealousy, comparison. I, I mean, these are so ugly. They will ruin your life. So stop! I mean, if, if only it was that easy. If only you could just flip the switch off. See, this, this isn't going away. This is in you. It, it's in me. It, it's part of our brokenness. But it doesn't have to control us. It doesn't have to drive us. It doesn't have to ruin our life and steal our joy. See, I believe that envy is not a problem to solve. It's a tension 
to manage. It's part of human brokenness. We live in a fallen, broken world, and we are deeply flawed, and we've got to manage this tension. And there's no timeline to this. There's no finish line. This is endless because there will always be an er. You know what I'm talking about? An er? There's, there's always going to be somebody with a bigger house or a bigger bank account. There will always, no matter what, there will always be someone who's richer or skinnier or stronger or taller or prettier or smarter or happier or hipper or funnier. And on the flip side, on kind of the negative side, there will always be someone who's heavier or fatter or poorer or whatever negative or you want to use. And this conversation causes us to crash into this question in your face, in my face. Who or what am I going to use as my reference point to tell me I'm okay? I mean, who or what am I going to use as my reference point to tell me I'm okay? And the truth is we all use something or someone as a reference point. And this is magnified in our digital age when you can just see it. See, we compare ourselves to other people. And, and, and in the digital age, it's easy to compare your, yourself to someone's high right, highlight reel and not their real life. And if you choose the wrong reference point, it can be deadly. And it can control you and it can take over your heart and it can callous your heart. In fact, the writers of Proverbs says this in Proverbs 14, 30. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. James, the brother of Jesus, says this, James 3, 16. Are you jealous? Are you concerned only about getting ahead? Then your life will be a mess. You will be doing all kinds of evil things. Now, Jesus tells a story, a, par- a parable, that gets to the heart, that gets to the core of, of envy and jealousy and comparison. And he says, hey, behind your envy, behind your jealousy, behind your comparison is the notion that God somehow shortchanged you. That God owes you. God, you owe me. God owes me. And Jesus says it differently. In fact, he tells this story. It's found in Matthew chapter 25. Let me read it for you. It says, again, Jesus talking. It's like a man who's going on a journey and he calls his servants uh, and he calls his servants and he trusted them with his wealth. What's wealth here is his possessions. The audience is like, okay, he's trusting them with his stuff. And Jesus says, hey, to one of them he gave five bags of gold, to another one he gave two, and to another one one, each according to his ability. And then he went on a journey. Now, for the sake of this conversation, just play along with me. Let's say that you and I are the two, two baggers. We were given two. So here I am. We have our two bags. And on our right is the guy with five. And on our left is the, the guy with one. So if we look to the right, we're jealous and envious. If we look to the left, we are relieved. How would you be- feel if you believed your talents, opportunities, and smarts were given to you by God? And so were everyone else's. Would that make you mad at God? He continues. He says, The man who received five bags went at once and he put his money to work and he gained five more bags. And so also the man with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag, he went off, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money in the ground. 
Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and he settled accounts with them. The man who'd received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting uh, where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. Afraid. Afraid of what? I didn't do anything with the opportunity you gave me. Here is exactly the way you gave it to me. Look what his master says, verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. See, don't miss this. He didn't do anything bad. He just didn't do anything. He didn't do anything bad. He just didn't do anything. Now, when it comes to your heart... What are you going to do? Are you going to own it? Are you going to fight for it? Are you going to face it? Are you going to ignore it and just settle and, and go with the stuff? Well, you know, it's just not that bad. What you have is less important than what you do with what you have. See, the key point of this parable, what Jesus wants you to get, what Jesus wants you to understand, what Jesus wants you to know, what Jesus wants you to put into practice and to live, what you have is less important than what you do with what you have. Whether you have five bags, two bags, or one bag, what is important is what you do with what you have. And at some point, all of us will come crashing into what we said at the beginning. There is no when in comparison. I'm a two-bagger. I have less, I have more. Others will have less than me. Others will have more than me. The reality is, what are you going to do with what God has entrusted you? See, every minute you spend comparing yourself to someone else is a minute you waste fulfilling your God-given potential. I mean, every minute you spend comparing yourself to someone else is a minute you subtly accuse God of shortchanging you. Take your cue about you from the one who made you and loves you and redeemed you. Celebrate what God has given others and fully leverage what God has given you. Celebrate what God has given others and fully leverage what God has given you. Now, it sounds really easy, but this is not easy. This is a, this is a tension to met. This is ongoing. This does not end. But here are some practical ideas that can help, that can help you and that can help me. The first is that I, I really believe this comes down to your community. You cannot do this alone. This is not possible. This tension must be managed in community. In fact, the, writers of, the writer of Hebrews, he made it clear. He said this, Hebrews 10 
24, 25, he said, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. I mean, this is why church, this is why community, this is why this is so important. We've got to motivate each other. We've got to encourage one another. We've got to challenge one another. To what? To acts of love and to good works. We've got to call the best out. I need people to call the best out in me. You need people to call the best out in you. What we do here is so important. When we gather in this space, it's so important. You must have people who will speak into your life. You need, I see in you people. We all need to surround ourselves with people who can motivate us, encourage us, and challenge us. A second practical idea, another way to celebrate what God has given others and fully leverage what God has given you, and this maybe sounds a little oversimplistic, but you really got to limit your screen time. You got to limit your intake. You got to reduce the amount of time that you're scrolling and online. I mean, and, and this is easy. You can just pull your device out and look at screen time, and you can tell how long you're on the screen. You can tell how long you're on each application. Now, a third and another practical idea, another way, how do we celebrate what God has given others and fully leverage what God has given us? Now, we've talked about this. This is something we talk about a lot because this principle is so true. In fact, we talked about it a few months ago in our series, Battle in Your Mind. We've got to replace the envy, the jealousy, the, compa- the comparison with gratitude. We've got to cultivate. We've got to practice. We've got to put into practice the idea of gratitude. See, what gratitude, what thankfulness does is it changes your perspective. It, it, it changes your heart. It changes the way that you see things. Back then when we did this exercise where we put on the windows Things that we are thankful for. See, it's, it's really easy to compare ourselves. It's really easy to, to see what others are doing or compare ourselves. Well, your kids look happy. Your vacation looks happy. I'll never have a shirt that cool. I'll never look like that. It's easy to compare ourselves. It's easy to see the problems, to see the solutions. But, but we got to practice. we got to put on. we got to replace. we got to begin thinking, well, what is it that I have? What can I be thankful? What has God given me. See, what Jesus looks at you and Jesus looks at me and he's saying, hey, it's not so much what you have. I've created everybody on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. I've I've given you your specific mix, your your talents, your gifts, your ability. You you are a a unique once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There's never been anyone like you in the past. There will never be anyone like you in the future. You are a once- in history, opportunity. I've given you certain gifts and talents and abilities that only you have. There will never be anyone like you in the world. It's less important like what it is. What's most important is what do you do with that? What do you do with it? There's no win in comparison. Well, I got two battles. He has five. All that leads to is depression and feeling bad about myself. Or Oh, they got one. That just leads to arrogance and being puffed up. Like, no, 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 no. There's no win in comparison. What do you have? What has God given you? What are the talents? What are the abilities? What what are the experiences that you have that are unique to you that only you have? And God looks at you and says, there is 
divine purpose and divine reason in those talents and abilities. And I'm asking you, play those. If you're faithful, play those. In the small things, I will begin to open up bigger and bigger and greater and greater opportunities for you to make an impact in my name for my kingdom with your life. Friends, is there any bigger sign of grace? I mean, grace is the idea that, that, right, that God looks at us. We talked about this last time. We, we, look, God looks at us and said, hey, you're guilty, but not condemned. And, and there's this idea of grace, and God invites us into a relationship with Him, right? Because of Jesus, right? We, we can take all our junk and all our sin and, and all the things that we've done wrong and how we've hurt people, and God doesn't see that. He sees us not condemned. He sees us through the eyes of Jesus, right? That's grace. But there's also another version of grace where it's like, hey, not only do, do I see you through the eyes of Jesus, and I don't see all your junk. I don't see your past, right? Remember, your, your, your past will remind you. It will not define you. But, but I, also, I also see all of that I've given you, and I'm giving you, yet yeah, as flawed as you are, as broken as you are, I know you're struggling in that tension. I see that, and I'm giving you an opportunity to use all of that talent, all of those gifts, all of those abilities. I'm giving you an opportunity to use that for something greater than you, something bigger, divine purpose. You were created on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. And friends, all that comparison, all that envy, all that jealousy will do, it will break and callous and ruin your opportunity. You are a once in a lifetime opportunity. Friends, it's not about what you have, it's how you use what you have. Please, God, please, God, help us to use the talents, the abilities the, the things that you have given each of us, these special experiences, the circumstances of our life, the talents, the, the perspective that we have. God, help us to use that to not be spectators, God, but to, to get on the field, to be contributors to what you are doing. God, you're restoring, you're redeeming, you're drawing people to yourself, God, and we want to be part of helping people find and follow you. And each of us, each of us has been given gifts and talents and abilities that we can use to be part of the grander story. And God, I pray that we would, we would do that. We would stop looking at others and comparing ourselves and, and either feeling bad about ourselves because people have more are feeling great about ourselves because people have less. God, but we would look and say, God, what is it that you've given me? Thank you. How, God, can I leverage this? How can I use it? How can I use this to serve you, to serve your church, to serve your kingdom? And God, would you multiply my impact? Would you, would you take what I have and would you multiply it, God? Would you multiply it tenfold, fiftyfold, a hundredfold, God, so that I can help people, help people, restore people, to, to a right relationship with you. God, thank you for that. And God, I just pray that you would do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at mammychurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.